Welcome back to Inside the Scoreboard. It's Jamal. And I'm Corey. All right, let's get straight to it. Um, the Warriors defeated the, uh, the Golden State, dang, <laughs> the uh, Celtics got defeated by the Golden, Sto- Golden State Warriors in uh, six games in the finals. Um, Steph was the MVP. Uh, Boston, they seemed like they were going to take it home on the first three games, but couldn't get the job done. And uh, Corey, man, what's your thoughts about the finals and how everything transpired Transpired with, uh, you know, Draymond, you know, with Tatum showing, not showing up to his potential, uh, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry just playing out of his mind. I mean, what's your thoughts on that whole series? Well, those some good points right there off, off the bat, but got to start with the credit to Boston first and uh, first with their first year coach as well. Uh, you know, in February, we never would have thought those guys was going to be in the finals. So just want to shout those guys out. But huge, huge, huge shout out to Steph Curry. Got to tip your hat to him, man, um, for him to put on the performance that he did. Not only the performance that he did, but I feel like everybody who watched the series could see his performance was needed. My, subtract that performance. I'm talking about his performance throughout the entire series. And the Warriors probably don't win the championship. I feel like this year it was when he when Steph um, and, and this is a loose a loose quote, but when Steph mentioned the fact that he um, that this one was different, I feel like that's what he was referencing the fact that this year it, it, it was it was a lot more naysayers, it was a lot more things against them. Uh, so I, I I think I think it was all great to see even even the the process of Draymond Draymond somewhat was humbled throughout these playoffs and at one point. Coach Kerr even benched him, but I feel like Coach Kerr was coaching. I feel like he did a great job. I think that that only that only heightened uh, Draymond's awareness uh, of the way he's been playing. Uh, I don't think they even probably had to have much of a conversation, but Dre knew he wasn't playing to the best of his abilities, and he turned that around. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins, the entire Warriors team. In other words, the Steph's performance was needed. It's not even a chance without that, but you also needed guys like uh, Andrew Wiggins playing both sides of the ball, great defense. But <clears throat> overall, how did you feel about the Warriors' performance? Did you feel like did you feel like this was special, or do you feel like this is just something you expected with the Warriors? Uh, it was more so um, a mix of both. I think this is special for them just to you know finally face the team where they didn't. It didn't seem like they were the overwhelming favorites in the uh, finals to win it all. You know, a lot of people had Boston pick. I even thought Boston would give them. Wouldn't be surprised if Boston beat them. I was definitely uh, sadly mistaken. Um, the Warriors took care of business, um, but like you said, I, I do feel like it's special for them because they they got it without KD. They went up against a team that wasn't just LeBron heavy and not really too much, you know, nothing else. So I feel like this one was I don't want to say a chip off their shoulder, but it's something like, hey man, we got one where we we faced a quality opponent. Not to say that that um. Well, I mean, it's you know those LeBron teams uh, that were a lot of injuries, and the one time that felt like they were fully loaded, it looks like they had uh, went the Warriors had went and grabbed KD. But I felt like this was validation, uh, maybe not in their minds, but especially for Steph in that Finals MVP. It was it was it was just a good all around, all around story for them. And like you said, man, Andrew Wiggins, second best player um, for, for the Warriors on that team, and that's in the Finals run, and that's no doubt about it. He played up to that All Star selection. Uh, that he received mm-hmm. this past year in the in the final. So I mean, shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Um, I know he and the Timberwolves kind of 
I mean, everybody's gonna look better with Steph. I hate to say it like that, bro, but everybody's gonna look good next to Steph. I mean, I mean, as soon as he passes half court, you gotta account for him, and he just creates so much space. And that's why I get on Draymond. I feel like Draymond should be in double digits all the time, bro. Like, there's no way. Like, I know he's trying to get his assists, get his teammates involved, but Draymond, I need them double digit points from him. But I mean, and everything else he he produces, you know. But I mean, it was it's definitely it was a great uh, it was a great series. Um, do you feel like that the Celtics? I know you said they came a long way since the beginning of the year. Because um, at one point, I don't think they were even a lock for the playoffs. But do you feel they can repeat next year? Or what's the next step for Boston? And did did Jason Tatum try to channel his inner Kobe a little too much? And then did he put too much pressure on himself, you would say, Jason Tatum? Did, you know, with all those Kobe uh, references and the things he was doing, like the text messages and the, the uh, Kobe Bryant uh, wristband. I mean, how do you feel about that? I did see a lot of that, and and I don't think he put too much pressure in him. I, I think he put just enough. Um, I, I think he needs to become comfortable with playing with that type of pressure, whether it be because he put it on himself or because this year you're you're projected to be back in the finals. Uh, you know how it is with Caesars betting um, percentages, things like that. So whether whether he's getting put the pressure put on him by by the media or he's putting it on him by himself, he needs to get comfortable with playing with the pressure because he's going to be playing for the Boston Celtics for the next few years. And he's going to be expected to take his team to a high caliber position when it comes playoffs times. Um, so yeah, he needs to get comfortable with the pressure as far as them returning me, anything can happen. We know anything can happen, Injury. but we also know injuries, things right. that, that are out of the trade that are out of their, their control uh, happens and it, it may put your team back, put you in maybe a bad position going into playoffs. Now you're facing a heavy header and you you just don't have the, st- uh, the squad or the stamina for it. Anything can happen. Um, but with that being said, it also goes for the Warriors. The, the league to me is wide open. It's a lot of young teams on, on both sides of the conference um, that could potentially be in this same spot next year. For me personally, I'm going to respect the champion and I'm going to say Warriors could do this again next year. They can do this faster than the Celtics will be back. And I, that's how I feel. And I, and I can see that, man, because they're, they're young guys that never even touched the floor of the finals, man. We're taking a look at Kaminga, uh, Moody, mm-hmm. um, of course, Wiseman. And I feel like, am I missing somebody? I think that's about it. Those are three heavy hitters. I, I think they did pick up some young guys, but yeah. Right. I think Moody, Kaminga, those are the guys. And uh, Wiseman, you know, he's still. Um, Healing up from his injury, but though, I mean, and those guys are going to get minutes and it's almost like they can rest. If those guys come along at a fast pace, they can rest Steph, the Clays, the Draymond, mm-hmm. but they don't have to play all the time. I mean, they can really go roll out there with uh, Jordan Poole, Moody, Kaminga, Wiggins, um, and uh, Wiseman. And um, they still, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to, and they may not be able to bring back Looney, uh, depending yeah. on the contract. And because I know they got to pay Poole and they got to pay Wiggins. So, they're definitely about to open up that um, that checkbook, but I mean, you can't argue with the results. So I mean, they pay that luxury tax if it's gonna bring championships, and it's working. You know what I'm saying? But I will say that since we're still in the Warriors, we we clearly saw the decline in comparison to Clay Thompson's previous playoff appearances. Do you feel like the way he the last four games, five games have gone for him? Really, the last seven to ten games have gone for him in his playoffs. Do you feel like that's any? indication on what to see the, to come or do you feel like clay still has something to tank we just got hey naysayers just need to sit back a little bit 
Yeah, I think I think Clay he he'll be okay because his his game was never predicated off of athleticism. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think he he'll be okay. Um, now defensively, he may it may take him a while. I think um, this summer he'll probably get back in the form where he was um, previous um, before previous prior to the injury. Excuse me. Um, you know, sitting down in that chair and playing defense. He's getting older, so I mean, naturally decline in defense. But I think he he'll still be able to get you. Clay at least should be able to get you on a nightly basis, sixteen to twenty four points a game. Um, with no hesitation. So I think he he's still a core um, guy, and I think he's a guy that's willing to sacrifice. And I think all the, the main three core, uh, Draymond, um, Draymond, Steph, and Clay are willing to sacrifice a little bit of pay, pay cut to keep those younger guys on the team and take a bit of a pay cut to see um, this team continue to grow. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I'm going to agree with you. Just piggyback a little bit with the Clay. Uh, I mean, he, he was scaring me a little bit at first, but then I always went back to what you just said. Clay has never been the jump out the guy, Jim. You know, he so because his athleticism may have declined a little bit, we're going we to see that a little bit more on defense versus what we really need Clay to do, which is, you know, popping up, up off the upside of screens, go, uh, shooting a three ball, you know what I mean, and, and also playing good defense. I feel like the defense he played um, those last two games in that Boston Celtics series was it was cr- crucial now now one of them um i would say their last two wins in that boston boston Celtics series um w- was crucial so I, I think clay still got something to tank do you see any major moves coming for the warriors or you feel like they're pretty set with what they got i wouldn't mess with it too much too much man because i mean do you want to get a guy like gobert i mean you can um but Ew. you just got the ring without him you know it's like do you want to do something mm-hmm. like that when you just you clearly can get a guy like a, um, a middle of the pack center or below average center and Kevin Looney, no disrespect to him. I think he's average at best or like a Cody Zeller type, you know, center that can fill that role. Yeah. So you don't have to really pay that luxury. You got James Wiseman coming off the bench. And we've seen in the past, guys will come play for the Warriors with the low. We saw Kevin Durant do it. We saw DeMarcus Cousins do it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they can get another guy, you know, maybe not quite so to that caliber, of a Kevin Durant, or maybe not to have the name or the cachet as a Cousins, but quality guys that would come play for the Warriors just to be a part of that experience, playing with Steph, playing with Clay and Draymond. Absolutely, we we know it. Older, uh, all guys from from I would say four that year four, year five, coming up off of those maybe those rookie contracts, whatever the case is, all the way up to those vets who still got something in the tank, but just really don't want to compete unless they compete for a ring. And Warriors give you that. So um, I look for the Warriors to be in a similar spot next year. Yeah, and then uh, for the Celtics, um, I'm going to touch on them for a quick second. Do you, what piece do you think they're missing? Because it seems like it, at certain, you know, points of the game, it's just like they can't get it going. It was like Tatum having tunnel vision, Jalen Brown can't control the ball, and Marcus Smart is just not taking the right shots. It looks like he's his offense is limited sometimes. And, of course, Robert Williams, he's more of a uh, – a, a big man that's going to rebound, block shots, finish at the rim. And, uh, they do have Grant Williams, who not he can knock down a corner three and stuff like that. Derek White showed up a little bit, kind of faded towards the end of the series. But what do you think um, they need, man, um, as far as to get back and be able to compete with the with the Bucks, with the um, even though they they beat those teams, like I say, you never know what can happen um, next season. But the Bucks are going to be there, and Miami's going to be there, and yep. Toronto. They seem like they they don't even go anywhere. Atlanta's going to reload. I mean, they definitely have some competition to get through in the East. They definitely got to make some changes. Um, 
to me, I feel like not major changes as far as we, we can clearly see the core in Boston. Uh, but when it comes down to that slow, slower games, possession by possession, they're missing a facilitator. And, I mean, I, I, this is where I'm kind of going to bounce it back. Do they need – or should they be playing around trying to find a young guard, a young one that's still trying to find himself? Or do you just skip all that, go get you a vet? Um, I don't know if Raj, I know he got a little little uh, court situation going on right now, but I don't know. But a guy like Rajon, you know what I mean? Experienced, proven, winning. What direction should they go? I, to me, I feel like it's clear they need a facilitator, but what kind? Yeah, and, and you hit on the nail, bro. They need, uh, I mean, I wish it was a, for them, for their sake, a younger Chris Paul out there or a younger Ray John Rondo that would fit that mold of the point guard they would need. Um, because when you look on the landscape of the NBA, those guys really aren't available. Maybe, you know, if they can find a guy like a Mike Conley, who it looks like they may be shaking things up in Utah, I know he's up mm-hmm. there in age, though, but, you know, I'm pretty, he's still in good shape. If they can get a guy like Conley, uh, they they probably would have been, I mean, even though this guy did not perform like he should have, Cal Lowry, um, you know, just a veteran guy, point guard, that can, that's able to distribute, slow slow the tempo down for the guys and put them in positions to get shots and, you know, just slow the game down and manage the game. That'd be Both of those guys. My, yeah. my bad. I hate to no, 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 good, but it's, it's just, like, so hard to find a guy right now because we have a bunch of young score first point guards. It's not a lot of traditional point guards that can do a little bit of both, facilitate, um, you know, just really play that Ray John, Chris Paul style uh, point guards. But I think one guy who could, I mean, it's a long shot, bro, because he just uh, signed into his, he just opted into his contract this season, and the money is crazy. John Wall. I think John Wall would be able to set those guys up. I mean, I think people forget how good John Wall, how good he made certain players look on the Wizards, like Ola Porter, uh, Morrison, Gortat, um, Nene. He made, I mean, he made some average players look like really good players. So, so a guy like that, but they, we all know they need a point guard. And that's, I think that's the next step for them. Definitely got to get a point guard. John would have been nice to see with them, but I mean, John, I think John making $40 million a year right now. You know, so I I will opt in too. <laughs> I will opt in I'm not too. I'm not mad at it, bro. I'm not mad at it at all. But yeah, they, I think they definitely need a point guard. And now to uh, switch it up from the two teams that was in the finals a little bit, bro. What's up with uh, What's up with your boy Kyrie, man? Um, and he hasn't came out and said anything. People are just jumping down his back because he just wants to match contract. I mean, I think that's that's fair. I know he hasn't been available like that. Something that's due to injury and the other and um. The other times that was due to um, the whole vaccine mandate, but it's just it's just because that's where he lived at and played at, and uh, mm-hmm. other players in the league weren't vaccinated as well. Like we saw, uh, Bible he wasn't able to go to Toronto, so it is other players like Bradley Bill. Not sure if he ever got his, but Kyrie wasn't the only one. That's pretty much what I'm stating. Um, but um, so that kind of affected his availability. But the reports are coming out that the Nets may be hesitant uh, giving him this conflict guaranteed contract. Would you, or would you just go ahead and get that man paid? Or paid? I, I would, I would definitely have to. At this point, I feel like both sides, like Kyrie. Then again, this is just what I feel. I feel like Kyrie felt like the Nets probably left him out high to dry uh, around the peak of this whole situation about him missing games due to COVID. They didn't necessarily nip it in the bud and just cover their guy. So I feel like Kyrie feels some type of way. And Brooklyn, with all they they have the right for this, and this is the way I would feel. They're basically playing, paying their highest employee not to play the game. And 
you know, how patient can you ask the Brooklyn Nets to be? They need to win now. KD is in his 30s. You know, your top talent is, is in his 30s. You're trying to find pieces and win now. You didn't get this team together so you can win later. You got this team together so you can win now. So Brooklyn pretty much just had to trash a year almost. The reason why I say that is because we don't really know how things could have went, say Kyrie played the entire series. Uh, I mean, not the entire series, the entire year. We know Kyrie, to me, Kyrie played decently well, but at the end of the day, they got swept. So I'm sure Brooklyn just wants to be the best team that they can be, and Kyrie seems to be inhibiting that. Um, so I, I, they would need to go ahead and get rid of him. Um, I, would not, I would not pay that guy. Are you paying your high? Are you going to continue to pay your highest employee that much money and he's not working? You, you tell me. Well, I, I think, you know, where it changed recently as far as the New York mandate. So I think he's fine to play there. Um, from here on forward, unless, you know, any, I mean, you know, things change every week with COVID, even now in 2022, but mm-hmm. it's just so hard to say, man, I would honestly, in good faith, I would, I would pay him. I mean, you're not going to find a better score. Um, he has a good rapport with KD. I mean, he didn't show up um, after, he did not show up after game one of the, uh, the series against Boston. And I think that kind of hurt them, but I mean, they just got to re- they got the talent on that team, retool it a little bit. Uh, figure out what you're going to do with Ben Simmons. And if Kyrie doesn't want to be there and they're unhappy with him, find the right trade package. Just don't trade him to trade him. I'm not doing that. I'm not trading Kyrie just to trade him. Um, they always yeah. they got back with James Harden when they he, James Harden first they hand and they kind of got a guy who's coming off a back injury uh, that's dealing with some uh, confidence issues. So it's like, I mean, what are we doing here? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to have a team where you had the talent like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeBert, Jerry Allen, KD, and Kyrie, Joe Harris. And uh, now you have a team where you got uh, another roster. We had James Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, still got Joe Harris. You got um, LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, what's Patty Mills. You got some mm-hmm. other people there. And then to turn around, now you don't have James Harden. Now you got Ben Simmons, KD, and Kyrie, injured Joe Harris. Potentially, uh, I think you still got Seth under contract, which is good. But a lot of those other guys, like Andre Drummond, I'm thinking is a free agent, free agent as well. Excuse me. So it's almost like, bro, like we keep we're not getting our true value for these players, and like, what is our roster really going to look like? So I really think if they're going to do not force the trade, if I'm if I'm the Nets, though. But who knows? You definitely you, don't force it because you may not get a first round pick with a package with um, with Kyrie. The only place that might it had to be a contender or a team they think they can contend and think mm-hmm. that they can I don't want we all know I don't think it's about Kyrie but he has a negative stigma around him the media points points it out you know it it's, it's mm-hmm. not, you know it's not nothing I'm trying to throw on him but he has that narrative so it'd be interesting man I, I think the only place that it's a few places that would take him but obviously of course because of LeBron connection um, LA um I feel like they would give a, a first-round pick and then something to get their hands on Kyrie, especially if it meant them getting rid of Russell Westbrook. Hell yeah, they definitely would take that. But I still feel like his situation in Brooklyn, it's just not going to work, man. Like, I feel like LeBron, the reason why I say he, this is because he's done it before, is the guy that can pull that out of Kyrie. I don't know what it is, but and it's I don't feel like it's just the media. I feel like Kyrie has shown this himself with just the facts. Like, he, he will take an hi, a hiatus. He's the ty- type of guy right now that will take a hiatus for a personal reason, which is cool. You're entitled to that. But I, after you show me what type of player you are, 
I feel like I, I can't extend it. I, and I'm sure that's how KD feeling, man. Like, all it is, what about all our talks we had before this about how we're going to win? I, I, you know, tried to put this team – I tried to come here to win with you. It's not really what he signed up for. So, guys are getting slapped in the face. Kyrie can't just keep thinking about Kyrie. I'm sure he got a lot of valid reasons that he can speak to his family. And, you know, about – and he he's 100% title. He is just not going to work in Brooklyn. Yeah, and I see that. And if they do got to play his hand, honestly, it's a few places where I would like to see Kyrie at. Now, just thinking about Kyrie being on the move, and I'm thinking, like, culture, coaching, and everything. And as far as I think, just Miami is somehow I – because mean, Miami has the pieces to get a done, deal done with Brooklyn, and I think Brooklyn would accept some of the pieces they'd be, um, be giving them. But I would love to see Kyrie with the Miami Heat, bro. That's what they're missing. I mean mm. – that would be so that would be such a great fit. Pat Riley not taking no BS. Eric Sportsman not taking no BS. Jimmy Butler not taking no BS from me. So bro, you you come to play, bro, when you go to Miami, bro. And I would love to see Kyrie on, on Miami, bro. That might that might be what's needed for him. Plus, you gotta keep a guy like Jimmy around. It, you know, behind the scenes. He's gonna he's not gonna take too much go, you know what I'm saying? He's not gonna take too much behind the scenes anyway. I feel like that's a guy that's gonna verbally let you know and he's not going to to care how you feel about it. And you know, I think that you're right. You know, your is still going to be there on the bench as a mm-hmm. coach. So that's yep. the madness here. But I know that that's not the main. We wasn't supposed to go over where Kyrie were laying, but I just kind of went throw it, throw it out there since that was on the top of my head. But yeah, I would love oh, yeah. him go to Miami. But as far as um, speaking of Russell Westbrook, man, so uh, we all know uh, it didn't pan out so well in LA. Um, he kept getting called. Uh, Westbrook more and more often uh, as the season went on. People were blaming him for a lot of things. But honestly, it wasn't ever a great fit for him in L.A. with the because um, he's more ball dominant. LeBron needs the ball in his hand. Russ isn't an off-the-ball player like that. But uh, it's a report that he possibly could end up in Charlotte um, because Charlotte is looking to pay Miles Bridges and get rid of that Gordon Hayward contract. It needs to be done. Um, it would make that an ideal situation to um, get – Miles signed up and free up some future money and possibly Terry Rozier getting shipped out as well to LA. How do you feel about um, Russ coming to Charlotte? This is a simple one. This is a simple one for me. It's a super no, man. And and I feel like any, anybody who, who, who is looking at our franchise will tell you this is a simple no. And I'm going to keep it quick. I'm not, cause I want to hear what you have to say about it. LaMelo is the first real piece that we have gotten here in Charlotte. When I say that, I mean a guy that we acquired through the draft, a guy that could be your guy and seems to show all the skills, the confidence, the charisma of a franchise guy. I am not, and he's young. Let's, let's keep that in mind. He's young. I'm not going to bring in a guy who has proven himself to be ball dominant and say, hey, I'm going to take the ball out of my new guy, meaning LaMelo's hands, I just feel like you're, you're, you're making – you're putting all the variables in place for something bad to happen. And to me, the worst thing that can happen is LaMelo not re-signing when his contract is up. We, of course, he's on rookie contract right now. He's not going anywhere. But at, at some point, he's going to have a decision that he can't make. And these are the type of things that those players think about when it's time to make that decision. Let's be clear and let's not show any back and forth. LaMelo's our guy. I'm not bringing in a guy that could possibly comp- compromise that. What do you think? You think Charlotte should bring in Westbrook? Uh, man, it's, I would be very hesitant. L.A., that package, I need some picks in that, bro. I, I at least need one first-round pick. 
Um, but then again, they're getting a player in Gordon Haywood that's now available. But they're also getting a um, a guy who is a proven scorer in Terry Rozier and a knockdown shooter, which is a guy who would thrive with LeBron in AD in LA. So, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I, I, I kind of share those same concerns with you. You're taking the ball out your best player's hands at the moment in the middle of the ball. Unless Russ is cool with coming off the bench, I mean, you got to take a look at it that way. But I'm with you. I mean, that's sure we haven't had a guy like this in a while. I mean, shout out to Kimber Walker. Um, he was a franchise guy. But when you talk about uh, somebody that has the charisma of a Cam Newton and the confidence as a Kobe Bryant, you've got to look no further than a guy like the mellow ball. And so mm-hmm. with all that being said, I don't think his, I don't think his, Russ being in that locker room would hurt him. I just think it would maybe hurt his play. But also, I think it would also maybe take him to another level, bro. Maybe take Russ to another level. But that would not be the ideal scenario, honestly. But I see why they would make that move. I'm not mad at it for a one-year deal. Give us the first-round draft pick. We get rid of Hayward. I would like us to keep Rozier. But I understand why they're doing it. Russell, I mean, he's we don't have to pack in seats, bro. I mean, we got LaMelo. We got Miles Bridges. Um, so I like our team. But it's definitely it would it would concern me. I don't want to I don't want to force a trade that doesn't have to be done. I feel like possibly look at Indiana and see if Indiana is willing to give us Mouse Turn Mouse Turner with Gordon and see if we can work out a contract uh, that way. And possibly maybe we have to give up maybe our, one of our younger uh, rookies from last year in that trade uh, just to get rid of Gordon's contract. But I 100 percent agree with you. Like, are you really do you really want to pair those two together? But the only thing I see that works out, bro, Dan. Russ had success with Dan Tony. Dan Tony loves to play small ball. He's gonna make sure it has space on the floor. And yeah, that's but, what can happen. But it's not it's my not my ideal fit. We need to address areas of needs, man. Like getting a big man who can defend, get more defenders and shooters on the team, um, other than um getting rid of Gordon's Hayward contract. If LeBron James couldn't motivate you to be less ball dominant, to kind of work on your game, play off ball. LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets aren't going to motivate you to do it either. Like, I hate to say it like that, but that, no, no, that, that's I just feel like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's just, that's Russ is stuck in Russ's ways. And we just don't need that energy around Charlotte. But I get you, I do get the Dan Tony. That does make me feel like, man, they really might pull the trigger on both of these. Dan Tony move as a coach and go ahead and, you know, uh, work on the cap space and, and pick up Russ. I, I guess. I, yeah. I, I like you said, I wouldn't like to see it, but hey, it's the NBA. We we know how things work. Entertainment, man. He's a, like I said, he's a Jordan brand guy. And with Dan Tony, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan Tony might Dan Tony might say, hey, man, I'm familiar with him. If this is what we need for more future uh, cap flexibility, and then we can next summer we can have the cap room to go out there and get another star. And that's where it gets tricky. If that frees up enough money for us to go out and get another max player to pair with Lamelo and Miles then you kind of got to take a look. You got to take a look at, like, huh, it might be worth the risk. But, I mean, uh, speaking of Dan Tony, man, how do you uh, how do you feel about Kenny Atkinson backing out of the um, out, out of the uh, the agreement with the Hornets to become the new head coach? Uh, I feel like he, that he probably made a personal decision. Then winning the championship, which I'm not sure why he didn't consider. Yeah, well, I don't know if he did or not, but I don't know why, you know. But I do feel like the, the, the Warriors winning the championship did play a part in his decision. Um, he sees that Mike Brown is probably going to be out of there. I'm sure he's he'll get that job out in Sacramento, if not somewhere else. Um, and then he'll be the lead. I believe he'll be the lead assistant after that. Um, so 
So with that being said, I feel like Kenny just feels like his future is brighter in Golden State. Why not keep picking out jury at the, you know, or have a chance to pick out jury come every June versus coming to the Hornets, stressing as a head coach, trying to, you know, fight to get these young guys to, to play. It just, he probably reconsidered, understood that it's probably not the best thing to sign himself up for and pulled. Is it a slap in the face to Michael Jordan? Absolutely. You don't sit down with Michael Jordan. Tell him that you're going to coach your team and not come coach his team. So it's a slap in the face. It could, might, hopefully Mike didn't take it as disrespectful, but I, I have been hearing that that word thrown around in the media a little bit. Um, how do you feel, man? Kenny Axon pulls on the Hornets. What, how do you feel? Man, James Borrego 2.0. That's really mm-hmm. weird. I mean, honestly, like, he could have – he should have had all those things in consideration when he went to take that interview. Like, hey, what the words? First of all, Mike Brown had already took – was already going to be, um, mm-hmm. so he knew that. So he already knew he was going to possibly be the next lead assistant up. Um, so taking that interview, he knew um, that it was going to be a new lead assistant that would work under Steve Kerr. And but I was just like, man, like, no, you're not Phil Jackson. You're not Greg Popovich. <laughs> not Eric Spolcher. You know, certain guys can do, can do that. And Mike, you know, certain guys can do that. You're like, uh, well, at least it's them, you know. But for him to do that for a guy that only got the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, he did a good job with the Brooklyn Nets for that year that they made to the playoffs. They overachieved, but I didn't. I wasn't too excited when he was named the head coach when uh, they came to agreement. So I'm not mad that he backed out. This is more. This is more so like, dang, like it's like going to the. Uh, it's like pretty much going to to a club or something. You a single man and you um, you got all these things to offer, man. And then he, um, you go out to the club, man. And then there's that girl. She she trying to get your attention the whole night, and you're like, uh, might as well. And then she, by the time y'all leave the club, she's like, oh no, nah, I got a boyfriend. So right, that case, wasted my time. That, that, you wasted my time. Feel, you wasted a bunch of time. Like <laughs> I could have been out here dealing with old girl right there. That's I know y'all can have fun with. But now I got double back, and she didn't see me try to walk out the club with you. Now I got double back with her, and got a uh, sweet talk her. So that's what Mike doing to Dan Tony. If and now I'm Dan Tony, bro, I'm running so much game. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm gonna need that bag, bro. Because you, hey, you, I, mean, I need the bag, or he might walk. And are you mad at Dan Tony if you nah, I'm not, not. This is not the opportunity for me. I, 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 don't, I don't think he will, because he know. I think he figured that they, he was there. And I, he's seventy, what 71, 70 or seventy one years mm-hmm. old. He probably thought like, you know, uh, this is a young thing. Like, I don't know if I was a few years younger, I'd probably be the lead guy to get this. But since I'm, you know, getting up there in age, they mm-hmm. may not want me, but they want my experience. But I think he, if he, if Dan Tony, I think he's going to definitely request that bag. And I think he's going to bring some, a good coaching staff in the Charlotte. I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to get Dan Tony. I know, uh, I know people are kind of down on him, but I mean, I'm interested, bro. We ain't been in the playoffs in a while, bro. We ain't had no success in the playoffs in a while. So I'm I'm cool with it, bringing the guy who was actually proven had success with the Suns, with the Rockets. I know he had, you know, not so much success with the Lakers when he was there. Mm-hmm. Had a little bit of success with the Knicks, but I'm I'm excited to bring him in. Absolutely. And and no make no doubt about it. I believe when we had our when we talked about this on air and off air, Mike D'Antoni to me is a much better pick. Uh, like you said, proven all of that, all the things that we need in Charlotte. So please, I hope everything does fall through. But um, yeah, hopefully he gets his bag too, because <laughs> doubling back is it's obvious. Come on, it's man. obvious. It's like oh, you, you chose him over me, like. Mm-hmm. 
Oh no, but it, it just felt like it just felt like a complacent move, bro. Like you get rid of James Borrego to bring in Kenny Atkinson. Like maybe Kenny Atkinson did us a favor, bro. I feel like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He did us a favor. Like that's the Absolutely. best move. Like, you don't get rid of James Borrego to bring in Kenny Atkinson. Like I know what he did with the Nets, but at the same time, you don't you don't make that move. He's still a below five hundred coach. Like I mean, you know, nothing special about him. He's, <laughs> nothing. He's a younger Steve Clifford. That's really what it is. Like maybe in the older James Borrego. That's really what it is, dog. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, um, uh, we can Dan Tony as a coach. The draft is this Thursday. Haven't really taken a look at the draft prospects. It's a few guys uh, on the board I have taken a look at, but. Um, not too knowledgeable of that right now to even feel comfortable enough to speak on that. It's Thursday, so we'll probably be back. Um, a lot, a lot can happen till Thursday, uh, before Thursday or after Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely try to fit the podcast in. Um, but what do you think about? Um, and I know this wasn't a topic, man. But what do you do? You think that Hornets are going to sign Miles Bridges to extension? I think it's a no-brainer. They're oh yes, offer. It, it's an absolute no-brainer, especially with the relationship that we can clearly see on the court and off the court with Lamelo and Miles. The two seem to go hand in hand. I think ownership sees that upstairs, sees that Mike, all those guys see that. It's an obvious you got because to me, I feel like that's part of the formula to keeping Lamelo around as well. Gaga needs to be comfortable. He needs to be somewhere where he feels comfortable. Where I mean, I know guys don't have to be best of friends, but we've seen this in the past. Guys like to play with guys like to sign with places where guys that they like play there. So yeah. I'm not I'm not mad at that. Good move. Uh, I feel like they'll be dumb if they don't make the move. Um, it's the guy you drafted, panned out. You got to keep him mm-hmm. there. And he ain't just pan out like an average player, like a uh, Gerald Henderson or Cody Zeller, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. The list can go on and on. I'm not going to waste my breath on some of the guys um, that we paid out over the years. But but like I'm saying, like. You got to get this man paid. He's showing way more potential than all of those guys combined. So I would love to keep Miles Bridges pairing with Lamelo, and then you bring in that that true third piece, or maybe that that second, maybe even the one that that guy who can just go out there and get buckets and be uh, better than Lamelo and Miles, but just a part of the unit. You know, an All Star mm-hmm. player, maybe it's a star player like that. So I definitely would like that. Um, side note, bro, uh, how do you feel about you? Did you see that post about? Um, the post that Miles Bridges made, it looks like it could have been. I'm not saying that it, what was in his cup, but it looked like it could have been some uh, some <laughs> purple stuff in his cup. Uh, so you, do you think the Hornets should be concerned about that, or do you think Miles Bridges even had that uh, that liquid that should not be named uh, on this podcast in his cup? And this is allegedly because I think the post has been deleted. I think anyway, but yeah, yeah. So uh, hey, good, good. good. <laughs> I like that. I'm not worried. Me personally, I'm not worried. Only reason why I'm not is because it could be I anything. I like like you said, he trying to he trying to rap as well. So we know it's a certain image that comes with rapping. Um, actually, not a bad rapper. That's a whole other uh, separate topic. But actually, not a bad rapper. So it could be a little bit of that, as long as it's not affecting the I game. I think he's trolling. Yeah, it could I be that too. I think he's really trolling. Like I, Miles Bridges, bro. He don't strike me as no. There's no dummy. Bro. He's a smart guy, bro. He yeah. he's very like social media savvy. And I seen his past tweets when he was in high school, and he used to say some wild stuff. So I really just think he, <laughs> I really think uh, he he's playing. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's no concern to be uh, worried about. 
But hey, he better. Hey, if he can keep posting more of that, man, for we can get that contract uh, a, little, a little lower for that guy. A little lower. I like it. Man. I like it. <laughs> keep doing your thing, man. Keep rapping, talking all cra- crazy how you talk. But um, and as far as your boy Montrez Harrell, man, he got caught in Kentucky. Not sure what part. Uh, with three and a half pounds, if I'm not mistaken, could be allegedly again mm-hmm. uh, got caught according to a report with uh, three pounds of marijuana, and he is facing that judge trafficking charge. Uh, how do you feel about that? I think it's. They know this man's a multimillionaire. He's not selling drugs. I really, I hate that's a felony. I wish it was a way. I wish I knew, like, in regards to felonies, if that he can get rid of that. But I hope he has a good lawyer to get that taken care of. Well, we do know that he is a, a millionaire. So because of that, we know he's going to get a good lawyer. Um, also, we I feel like this will probably get dropped down, hopefully to, hopefully to a misdemeanor. But like you said, I'm not sure how felonies work, especially. Um, the state of Kentucky, it's, uh, it seems like it, it's a sticky situation. I don't know the logistics, the legislation of it, but it seems like it's not a good place you want to get stuck with, hey, caught he, with three and a half pounds. Anywhere in the oh, south, wow. you get caught with weed, bro. It's not any. You get caught with anything in the south, bro. It, this it's is gonna be bad. It's, it's like be bad. except for a gun. Hey, hey, Jamal, except for a gun, <laughs> you can get. Don't you good? Bro. It's like the opposite. Like in New York, if you get caught with a gun, it's a wrap for you. 